Hello, I'm Scott Sostick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Hail to the Victors Valiant Sports Business Podcast, uh. The Sportacast. In my head, like, I didn't think of it, Eben. I was just like, oh, here's the hail to the victor. I, I thought you should have just played it, frankly. Uh, yeah, you, you like to do the play off your phone. I do like the to do the play off. Thing. Um, and shout out to Aaron, our, our producer, who, who fixes <laughs> who it every to time deal with you do that. it. So, <laughs> um, I, I chose to just go with it uh, myself. Did you watch the game, Scott? Michigan um, running away from, 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 from Washington on Monday uh, night? Uh, focus group of one was on the ice during the game. So I peeked out, and I think I saw it was like a seven-point game. And then I peeked out again in like the fourth quarter when it – I think it was still – it was close. And then Michigan scored the – whatever, the touchdown made it 14. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I watched about a grand total of four minutes, but I felt I see it. I saw everything I needed to see. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a football game, um, but a, a obviously a big win for – Michigan, one of the bluest of blue bloods in in college football, a big win. You didn't for the say big one of the maize and bluest of blue bloods. Nothing. Maize and bluest of blue bloods. Uh, big win for the Big Ten. Big win for Jim Harbaugh, who is who I maybe. I thought Bo Schembechler had a really good game plan. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Um, Brady was most... good. Desmond Howard was great on defense. <laughs> Brandon Graham, good. Um, I, I think that to, to me, John, uh, Jim Harbaugh is the most interesting. Part of the of this story now got a million dollar bonus for for coaching Michigan to a championship. He is in uh, potentially in, in in a lot of trouble with the NCAA. There are a number of out, outstanding investigations. He was suspended twice this past season, once voluntarily for for a previous NCAA investigation. And there, there isn't a Michigan <laughs> supporter out there who could give one Ex- rat's patoot. Exactly. I Ex- celebrated exactly. the championship. Go cheat. Do whatever you need to do. But it does have it has intrigue about what happens next year. Does does Harbaugh return to Michigan? It seems like there are likely going to be some NFL suitors. NFL pays a little bit more even than than top tier college football coaches make. Um, Is is that an option? How much do the investigations, including the investigations into the sign scaling scandal, which we we don't know actually where that the NCAA is still working on that. We have no idea where that stands currently. Um, There's a lot of intrigue here about Jim Harbaugh, who could be the first coach since Tom Osborne I saw this trivia question uh, back at back at Nebraska a long time ago first coach in Tom Osborne potentially to win a national title and not coach the team the following year um, dare I say Mike Rogier and Scott Frost whatever <laughs> just and any Nebraska that I could <laughs> just tossing out names just today. tossing out Nebraska just tossing names. Out names yeah I, I mean uh, who's the coach at Alabama Nick Saban yeah that, I, I, I got that one yeah how, how did he do with the Miami Dolphins <laughs> not well yeah, like what? What's the unless he really needs to get out of Michigan? Is there a better job than sort of your you know all knowing, sagacious leader of men, college football coach? I'm the champion. I beat Ohio State. Is there anything better than that? Like, what do you what What does he get in the NFL? Unless uh, I, he made a big deal about being able to sit at the big kids' table now at Thanksgiving at the family, his brother's got a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. So you know maybe he wants to add a college championship and a Super Bowl, and then he's you know he's at the head of the table. I don't know. Um, but man, if he, unless he really needs to go, if he thinks there's some crazy punishment coming, what, what's the deal? Why why go to the NFL? And, and he's been in the NFL. Obviously, he, he yeah. coached the Forty ers for yeah. a few years. Um, 
uh, had some good, had some decent seasons uh, there. He is, in my mind, Scott, one of the kind of the platonic ideal of this football guy thing that you're talking about, where mm-hmm. using the, the the motivation of young men and molding them into into adults and all that stuff. He, he does feel, at least rhetorically, very much like he fits better in in college football than he does in the NFL. But yeah, I think there's two things here. There's there's the investigations which we mentioned, and then there's the money. Sportico does uh, our, our colleagues Lev Akabas and, and, and Kurt Badenhausen do this list every year of the highest paid coaches in all of sports. And if you look at that list, the NFL is is dominant. Bill Belichick, we can talk about him in a second. Number one, well, Sean well, Payton, we have to number update two. The, we have to update the list with Eric Spolster. With Eric Spolster. I mean, he was on the list already, <laughs> the I list think. Already. Yeah, but we <laughs> have Belichick at one. money right there. Sean Payton, two. Pete Carroll, four. McVay tied for fourth. Kyle Shanahan, seven. Mike Tomlin, nine. John Harbaugh, ten. Uh, there is no college football coach on this list. So uh, just to give you a sense of, of the scale there, yeah, if, if money is a factor here, um, then maybe that is there's another something kind of weighing down on the scale of maybe going back to the NFL as the play. Uh, I don't know. I got to tell you. I, I, I just I don't get it. I, I would totally love the college life myself, but that's obviously just personal uh, personal aspect. I, I, I get it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, unless he needs to go, I do I don't know. And what's the most attractive gig in the NFL that's open so far? Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, yeah, right. Is New England out? open? <laughs> like, what is? Well, doesn't what look what like does it. that look like? Um, yeah, I think there's. A, we can see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another big storyline before we wrap up the, the the national championship talk. This was the last year of of the four team playoff. We're going to a twelve team playoff uh, next year. Will number year, thirteen complain? That's my question. Will, <laughs> will number thirteen, 13 complain? definitely complain? Well, who's who's definitely. the number thirteen FSU? That's what I want to know. Exactly. It's going to be Utah next year. Mark my words. Um, okay. The uh, but yeah, the uh, 12 team playoff currently media negotiations ongoing about what that looks like. Does ESPN own it all? Does somebody else pop in there? I think we're going to have some news on that. My guess is in the, in the next few months, um, but very fascinated. I think a lot of folks around college sports are also very fascinated to see if come bowl time next year, if ESPN are, has another media stranglehold over all of the important, all 12 of the important games, or if adding a handful of new, really meaningful bowl games on top of the ones that already exist, carves out room for another company, maybe Fox, maybe someone else, to spend money and, and, and get in there as well. So if memory serves, the uh, 25 million people tuned in for the national title game, okay. everything Everything about it screams a professional endeavor, except for one thing. The FICA taken out of the paycheck of the players. <laughs> yeah. Everything screams this is a professional entertainment endeavor, except for the fact that the labor force is not paid. Unbelievable setup. What a setup. Yeah, I, I don't know if you, were, you probably weren't watching the game because you didn't watch much of it, but there was a moment at the start of the fourth quarter where they showed J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback on the sideline, getting a – in-game check-in with the, the Mich- Michigan psych coach. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, to your point about how everything about this feels professional, yes, there is all the trappings of the kind of things and maybe even more than some NFL teams give well, their players during games, so et cetera. This leads me to, since we mentioned Nick Saban and the fact that his team did not win the championship, will they next year 
have a left brain psych coach and a right brain psych coach. I would think those are two different approaches, Evan. And if you're going with one, you're really not you're not catering to the student athlete and making him the best that he or she can be. Knowing nothing about this topic, my assumption is yes. If it might help them win, Alabama <laughs> has the money to do it, and Alabama will probably try it. That is my uh, that is my official stance on left and right brain psychology. Yeah. So what would be the difference? Like, what's the approach of the left brain, right brain? What right brain more? analytical left brain more creative is that is, is that, that true the general? I, I don't yeah, know I'm asking know. Is, do we know <laughs> I have no idea but I'd love uh, that I mean you could have a really fun skit with that with that happening like I'd really like to see what the conversation would be yeah this kind of reminds me of a story you and I wrote a decade ago maybe more back at Bloomberg about how um a lot of teams were, were scanning players' brains and, and trying to get a sense of how they learn how things. How they learn, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. some of that's probably left brain and right brain too, but some people learn by physically walking through a play. Well, let, some let me quarterbacks tell you, Evan, learn by when drawing it on the kid, board. Yeah, yeah, when you have a kid and you tell that child what to do about whatever it is, and that child you know looks at you, does it wrong 57 times, and then looks at you like, what are you talking about? And then you're like, you know what? Let me show you. And then that child picks it up in two seconds. Oh, why didn't you just say that? I'm like, yeah. I did. You really understand that there is something to how people learn. Uh, my focus group of one man, show them. Show them. Don't tell them. Show them. And then, it, then it's fine. We had a conversation with Rich Rodriguez, who at the time yeah, back Arizona, then was, right? was coaching at Arizona. Yeah, he was talking about this? it's wow, crazy. Yeah. I know yeah. he was talking about his quarterback room. I think there were three or yep. four quarterbacks, and he was yep. like, "Yeah, I, I now know which guys again need to walk through a play on the field. Which guys need to see X's and O's on a board. Which guy wants to see it written out to him." Um, knowing the best way to optimize the way that especially younger athletes, I think, are, are approaching a lot of these things is is an optimization. And, and, and if it was happening a decade ago, it's happening more now. But this is, a, again, one of those areas where colleges that are flush with money, like Alabama and like Michigan, are, are flexing their money in those advantages, largely or partially at least, because there's not a huge line item, as you said, Scott, for, uh, for, for, for paying the people who are actually playing the games. Uh, continuing with the professional football discussion, uh, this other small pro league, it's called the NFL. I heard right? of it, yeah. yeah it. Anthony Krupe tells us that they did a record $4.5 billion with a B in-game ad revenue for the NFL partners this season. $4.5 billion in-game ad revenue for the NFL. <laughs> Making everybody, you, you pay through the nose for your affiliation with the NFL. These yeah. networks, you know, you have to have it. This is must-have programming. Um, and I mean, just ask NBC when they said they thought they didn't have to have it, and then they did have to have and it. And they did, yeah. Yeah, and then you know what? Maybe we do. Um, but there seems to be good return on investment for everybody in in this uh, deal, without question. And and the number keeps going up for what the NFL gets paid, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure the advertising number keeps going up as well. I believe this was the most watched NFL season since 2015. I think was the the number, and in, in that Anthony Krupe story, if I'm remembering correctly, and we didn't talk about it last last show, Scott, but we put out that list of the of the hundred most watched TV Let's chart man TV the, the, games. Every people wait for this chart. Of 2023, most watched TV, U.S. TV events of 2023, and and 93 Seven. of them were NFL, and 96 yeah. of them were football. Yeah, um, which is uh, even bigger than in years past when football has dominated uh, the, these charts. So, how yes, high can I, it go? Can they can they ever do 100? I mean, you got the Academy no, Awards in there, you got some other no. stuff in there, the, yeah. the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and this is one of the weird things. You know, I I wonder why I did this. I am sort of anti sponsor like i don't often say the name of the sponsor in something 
But you I could have just said the thing. I could have just said the Thanksgiving Day Parade, but I said the yeah. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They've done something really right if it's so ingrained in my left or right brain that I went that way. I wonder why I did that. We get the we get complaints a lot from people who are like, "Oh, why'd you call it the Fiesta Bowl and not the Tostitos yeah. Fiesta Bowl?" Or I remember the pool, sponsors. the pool and weed eater bowl. That the one I like. I did it because I just like to say yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and then you get groups like the G League, right? When Gatorade bought yeah. the, the D League, the development league for the NBA, uh, bought the rights there and renamed the thing. So you had no option but to call right. it, uh, it was the call G it the G League. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some interesting, uh, this is a tangent that we can get off of, but there's some interesting presenting name sponsorship uh, that, that, that gets around. I think both you and I have this proclivity to avoid the, uh, the brand name as much as possible. Yeah, and obviously the Dallas Cowboys lead the way there. You know, you want you want people in eyeballs. Just throw the Dallas Cowboys on. Uh, they're in the playoffs. You know, we've got our yep. team set. Uh, did we talk about the Amazon game? I don't remember if we talked about just uh, we, Kansas City and Miami. The, the Am- Peacock game. I'm in mean, Peacock. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, we did. I we believe did. we yeah, did. Pe- yeah, Peacock yeah. only. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift fans are going to have to pay up if they want to see uh, 50 cutaway shots of her watching uh, watching Travis Kelsey play in the playoffs, at least in the uh, in the first round. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it, but uh, th- there's so much interesting little things happening in NFL media right now. This idea that they are just the the big big tv partners and that's it is is evaporating and they're really trying things again we talk a lot about the nfl being being able to sit there and wait and see what other leagues are doing there are some areas where the nfl is leading and 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 this is one putting a putting a playoff game here exclusively on a streaming service making it there's no other way to watch it um that is something that to my knowledge the nba has never you done guess the number what would that what would that game do what would you if that was on you know whatever pick your linear tv network doesn't matter yeah, ESPN, nbc doesn't matter yeah. yeah if it were how many people you think are watching that game I mean, I, I am definitely the wrong person to ask, but... 20, 25 million? Tw- yeah, I was going to say between 25 and 35 would be my now, guess. Now Something give me, what are you, you going to get on Peacock? You, you're breaking 10? No, I don't think so. Less than 10, okay. Yeah, I mean, so the the Amazon Thursday night games exclusively on Amazon average like 11 or 12 this year, yeah. right? We could be mm-hmm. way off on these numbers. Media and, and certainly yeah. ratings is not a strong suit of yours or mine. Um, but if I'm right about that, if, if, if Amazon is in, was in the 11 or 12 average range, mm-hmm. it's a playoff game, so there's more interest. Yeah, you got Taylor. Um, fewer you got, fewer you got, people have yeah. it, right? Amazon, a lot of people have Prime Video. Popular quarterback, yeah. Much smaller. Oh, and the interest, by the way, do you see the temperature? No, is it che- freezing? Is it really cold? Is, is, is it is it freezing? How about ready? Right. And I believe <laughs> I I saw this somewhere. I'm hoping this is accurate. If not, oh well, whatever. But uh, I saw zero. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. That's number. cold. Yeah, <laughs> that's cold. That's I, I want to see uh, what's his name the uh, the Giants coach when he had his face freezing in Green Bay. Tom Coughlin. Tom yeah. Coughlin's freezing face. He had, should have rubbed Vaseline all over it. That was. Great. I, I was at the Jaguars. Um, Chiefs playoff you, game last were. year yeah. at, at Arrowhead. It was very cold uh, yeah. then, too. It just felt right, though. It felt like Arrowhead. It just felt NFL playoffs. It felt way more right than, than being in Dallas for a playoff game when the roof is closed or when it's 60, 70 degrees outside. You know what doesn't feel right? Let's see if you get the segue. What doesn't feel right? You're looking down at our topics quickly, to think quickly, of what quickly. our topics are here. It doesn't feel right that the state of California oh. will not benefit in any way, shape, or form from Shohei Otani's deal with the Dodgers. Not in any way, shape, or form, but uh, as much as most people thought they would for a guy who's going to be bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars. And our, our friends at, at California, and I thought it was pretty cute. When I our friends, yeah, the our, controller our, of California, our, friends our good in buddy. California, yeah, yeah the, you know, the controlling <laughs> board there. That, that They want Congress. Oh, here we go. Somebody else appealing to Congress to take a peek at the structure of the deal is that uh, Otani and the Dodgers have deferred so much of compensation there that uh, 
they will not be that he will not be paying taxes to California. So this is uh, the least surprising story we made. Oh, you knew this was coming. You just didn't know it. Yeah. How many politicians we're going to run into? We need our money. Yeah, absolutely. It, for folks who don't, don't aren't familiar with the exact numbers, Shohei Otani signed a, a seven hundred million dollar deal with the Dodgers. Six hundred and eighty million of that is deferred, <laughs> so he will make uh, he'll make just twenty million over the first decade, and then just. starting in twenty thirty four to twenty forty three will be paid the other six hundred and eighty million dollars. And there's been a theory out there, and we don't know if this was a motivating factor or if he was even planning to try to get around the taxes, but there's a theory out there that that through California tax code, which allows for, um, I'm trying to think of it, retirement income, I think is the exact vague phrase that they're using, but some deferred payment is is able to, 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 to not be taxed. Um, at the time um, that he could theoretically move to a different state, let's say Nevada, where there's no income tax or move back to Japan, whatever it is, he could be somewhere else and, and end up not having to pay the California tax on that. Um, California, as we said, is, 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 is already being proactive and trying to make sure that it does not, uh, that Shohei is not able to, to take that away. Um, it's fascinating, Scott. Again, I, I, there's a part of me that wonders if this was part of the plan at all, or if he had no oh, intention. It was, of, it was part of the plan. You you think so? Yeah, I, I mean, think one it knows? helped the Dodgers and two it helped Shohei Otani. Yeah, and there's there's other ways in which deferring the money theoretically helps. Maybe not Shohei, but it certainly helps the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I could see arguments for for other things here, but uh, it, it seems like California is not waiting to try to find out. They are trying to to make it very clear, and and, and it seems rightfully so. Right there's there's so much around very rich people trying to avoid taxes. California, I think was the state that instituted the jock tax, tax, right? Which is, was, was, was a, a, a very, a scalpel approach to figuring out where athletes were when they made their money and making sure that each of those States gets, gets proper compensation for it. It it feels hard to believe um, that, he is, if he wants to, going to get away with not paying taxes on 680 of the $700 million contract, but crazier things have happened. Absolutely. I had absolutely no intent of bringing this up, but you just used the term scalpel approach. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you want to tell our listeners about your like, sort of rusty scalpel approach to, Oh my gosh. To, go ahead. Give a, give a quickie as to <laughs> I don't want people to turn off the, uh, no, just give a quickie like their, what you chose uh, to their, do their, because their I looked at you device. like, I looked at you like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, I was. I have, I have a wart on my foot that I've been trying to remove, and I decided to very aggressively with a with a pumice stone and <laughs> a chisel the right word. get the thing off. And um, I'm hoping the wart is gone, but I now have just a gaping, gaping uh, hole on the bottom of my foot. So I, I would apologize say, for the screamish folks out there. I did not want to bring this up either. Scott chose. Well, you to said bring scalpel this up because you I said, said the scalpel. Word scalpel. You said scalpel. Now I'm thinking of you know uh, Dempsey and record field goal kicking. If you know what I'm talking about. So if you do, you do. If you you don't know go look it up um nascar by the way uh, i mean na- they have a nascar series now uh i mean net- netflix and nascar yeah we already have drive to survive we know that we have golf we have tennis similar to the nba now getting involved five players similar to what we're seeing on the quarterbacks I- I'm, including I'm, lebron right lebron jason players. tatum yeah, yeah. jimmy big, butler big anthony yeah. edwards amanta sabonis um i'm just like when when does it just uh, thin too much like uh, how much of this do i need uh, i think i think we're at that point now the the oh, caveat, you're there already. yeah i think we're definitely there I, the caveat i will say is that i think for for general fans of these things the, I, I don't think i think we're we're past saturation point uh for avid fans of the NBA or avid fans of let's just say Jason Tatum or LeBron James this is going to be catnip i i learned this lesson 
last year, Scott, when Netflix put out the, the Tour de France documentary. Mm-hmm. And I have been over these sports documentaries for a while, even at that point. Sucked you in, though. And I was like, this is amazing. I, I, I love the Tour de France. I love professional cycling. I thought the Netflix show was amazing. We watched every single episode of it. Um, I am done watching these things casually. I'm not going to watch the NBA one, for sure. So I think that in some ways, if if the goal was to get new people in, like Drive to Survive got a lot of credit for, and we can debate the merits of that. Um, yes, I think we're at a point now where there's just too many for for average sports fans to be like, oh, I want to learn about the NBA. Let me pop this on. But I think for NBA fans, and and there's a cult, there's a, there are big personalities here: LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, Jason Tatum, or Anthony Edwards. Sorry, Jason Tatum. There are big personalities here. This is going to be a success among NBA fans. I'm almost certain of it. Well, we should just ask Lev Akabas. Are you going to watch this? And he'll probably get our review after each episode. Yeah, that's, he, he's a perfect example, right? Because I don't think you or I are going to watch this. We're casual yeah. NBA fans, maybe. But I think for the avid fans, yeah, I think this becomes a, a, an important piece of programming. One of the interesting things I think, Scott, is, is, is we'll see, but it doesn't seem like Netflix is going to be a, a serious interest for the NBA's live rights, which are up right now as well. Um, and, and I know there have been talks in previous for, for, for different leagues at some point, and maybe even in the NBA of maybe bidding for live rights in addition to Netflix having to own IP, yeah. having the, 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 TV property, but Netflix seems at least for now hanging on to this idea that their, that their sports content can be this either scripted or unscripted documentary series style and not live games themselves. Own and do not rent, which makes me think, by the way, going back to Otani, like, do you think a lot of professional athletes, and I don't know why my brain works this way, Evan, but you know, it's like, it just does. Do you think a lot of professional athletes like look at their financial statements like oh i've got seven thousand dollars in a roth ira you know somewhere and then i hit like the income limit because i signed my contract or whatever and i can't contribute anymore and what am i doing like i think five years later you can take that money out but then there's like the initial investment is just sitting there and now they can't participate anymore i would imagine shohei otani pays someone to worry about all of that stuff yeah. i would his, I'm, i would be bad. really curious to know i'm gonna find i make i'm gonna make it my uh, my mission to find out if Shohei Otani, in any way, shape, or form, has like has a Roth, I would love to read. I would love to read that story. Yeah, Matt, Matt, right. our managing editor Matt Bach loves to tell this story. I, I believe when he was with Oakland, when Ricky Henderson at one point, yeah. the, the Oakland A's were were balancing their books at the end of the year and realized that there was a million dollars unaccounted for, and they scrambled trying to figure out what it was, what it was, and eventually found out that Ricky Henderson had never cashed his bonus check, <laughs> his signing bonus check. It was a million dollars, and he had instead framed it and put it on his wall. And they were like, Ricky, it's not like, like the $20 bill on the wall, it's a, dude. It's Come a on. million dollar check. Like you should, you yeah. should. Ca- and this is back in the, in the, in the late, late eighties, I think. Um, but I always think that's funny. Just thinking about the various ways in which athletes think about their checks and their money uh, and how different it is from, from how you or I would, would treat a, uh, a check of even a, a percentage point of, of, of the same value. Well, Ricky would have been smart then. What if he got in on uh, Bruin Capital and he decided <laughs> to buy a marketing firm out of London Good transition, Scott. Good transition. Thank, thank you. Let's say Ricky wanted to help uh, $40 million for 80% of the company. And uh, guess what? Selling it over $300 million now. So that, that's pretty good return from our friends over at Bruin. Congrats, yeah, George Pine. In less than a decade, if you buy something, 80% of something for $40 million and it sells for $300. Um, that's yeah, more than. Pretty, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Even if you pump money into the company, you're coming out a winner. Um, and yeah, congrats to, 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 to George, the folks at Bruin. Congrats to the folks at A lot of exits on location, Delta Tray. A lot of exits. Um yeah, and Two Circles is, is one of those companies, Scott, that I think fans are probably not going to recognize, but they work with everybody. Right? It's, it's, partners, it's across, yeah. across sports. Two Circles is a, is a sports data and marketing firm. Um, 
yeah, the the client list is is, is extensive and it's and it's long. Um, one of those companies that is a, a kind of a juggernaut behind the scenes of of, of how sports teams, sports leagues, media companies find fans and keep them. Well, I think if it's out of your purview, very big in Europe and, yep. you know, trying to make headway into the United States. Yep. And, and we're seeing that, you know, we see that from a lot of the sports betting companies, a lot of the content companies that are just big elsewhere and trying to utilize sports or whatever it is here in the U.S. Um, but even a white label company, sometimes you, you promote the clients more than you do yourself. Totally. But, yeah. I yeah think that'd be interesting to see what happens from here on. And, it, and, and as you know, there are the NFL is maybe most notorious in this, but there's a lot of their sports leagues are very, very, very judicious about whose logo appears next to theirs. And there's a lot of partners of a lot of these leagues that you never hear about because they don't have the press release. They don't do the logo lockup. They don't have the activation at the Super Bowl, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I think they're especially when you're when you're on that side of things, handling data. I think there is a, a certain anonymity that, that a lot of leagues prefer their partners to, to, to maintain. So I, in some ways, yeah, it becomes a, a, a personal marketing challenge uh, to, to get your name out there in the same way. All right. We didn't prepare for this. Not that we prepare that much at all, but what the hell? <laughs> Connor Bedard not going to be in the All-Star game probably because oh, of his broken yeah. jaw. This is, just, this is just bad for hockey. What, I'm, I, you know me. I love hockey. But I'm, there's, something has to happen with the culture of this game. Like I, It wasn't a dirty hit on Connor. I get it. But you see so many... Just this whole culture of, oh, you did, you did this. I got to go beat the hell out of you. And then, oh, I got to retaliate, beat the hell out of you. And I'm going to target. Who was it? I forgot whatever the players. Did you see one of the players was mic'd up when he was told? Like he was, he was high stu- you know, got a high stick in the face on, on the face off on purpose. I, I do. Yeah, that's actually a fascinating. It's, it, it's it insanity. Was Minnesota Wild forward yeah. Brian Hartman um, and Win- Winnipeg Jets forward Cole Perfetti. Um, How do you the, know that? Whoa, whoa, time out. How do you know? Well, that? I just I just looked it up because oh, I, okay. I know what you're talking about, but I want. Oh, to get okay. Because I mean, I saw the clip. I didn't pay close attention to it, but when I saw him bring the stick right up in the face, I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" And by the way, if I may, years ago. I asked Gary Bettman about eliminating fighting in hockey. And yeah. you know, his reason to me why he said, no, you don't, you don't want to do that is because if you take away fighting, he said, it's going to get increased stick work. They're going to, players are going to use the sticks. Oh, instead. And I was like, one, you mean to tell me that you know, these people can't control themselves? Like they have to beat you up with a stick if they don't fight? And two, this proves it's not true because you can fight. He could have fought him, but no, he decided to bring the stick right up in his grill anyway. Unbelievably yeah, stupid. Folks, if you're curious, you should Google it because it's actually interesting. But but yeah, so 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 Ryan Hartman, who's on the wild, uh, right off a face-off, high stick Cole Perfetti oh. in, the, in the face. Scary. Well, no, by the way, like, a, a, a good young player in this league that you know people want to see. If it had reached his eye, would have yeah. been really terrifying, potentially very bad for Cole Perfetti. And uh, there is talk about maybe it was it was direct retaliation for Minnesota Wild, his teammate Cole Capri- uh, Kirill Kaprizov getting hurt earlier. Cole Perfetti wasn't involved in that at all. Nothing. It was just it. like retribution for a different player. You hit player my best player. I got to go to your young player. I'm going to yeah. hit your Cole yeah. Perfetti was mic'd up at the time. There, there's a, a little bit of back and forth about whether on the mic Ryan Hartman told him directly that he hit him in the face just because his teammate had been hit by one of Cole's teammates uh, earlier in the game. There, there's a little bit about back and forth about what exactly did happen. But I agree with you that the, the the retributive culture within the NHL and you see this a lot. You you see players. Good players get hit cleanly, and and they end up on the ice. And it, it is by culture of it for in some ways in the NHL imperative for somebody to defend that player, even if he was hit cleanly. So right. you can hit a good player cleanly and end up having to fight, or worse, get a stick to the face, perhaps, um, just because 
because that's the way that hockey works. I do think that there is a there's an ugly undercurrent here that 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 when you tease out the reasoning for having these unwritten rules does not make sense. And yeah, yeah if I was the NHL PA, if I was the union, yep. this would be high on my list of Mr. concerns. Walsh, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I mean, now kind of Bedard. Everybody wants to see Bedard. Yeah. Everybody wants to see Bedard. And now, by the way, it happens to be in Toronto. You know, just signature hockey market. And in all likelihood, you know, he won't be there playing. And they're doing the um, it's a, it's a new skills competition skills this competition year, right? Where China, every, yeah. everybody participates, right? Everyone right. does every event. So yeah. instead of years past when you have you have let's say Connor Bedard does one event, he either does the accuracy shooting or the fastest skater, et cetera. I think the structure this year is that it's kind of like a decathlon in the Olympics. It's like everybody's doing everything. You get points for how you do, mm-hmm. and you're crowning the the most skilled of a very elite group of NHL All Stars. I think it's a great setup. I think yep. fans would love to have seen Connor Bedard against Austin Matthews and and Connor McDavid and a few and Sidney Crosby maybe against some of the other huge stars in the league competing in all of these skills competitions and it's definitely a bummer that it's uh that it's not going to happen. All right, you're a sports betting aficionado. I ask that I please get and you can help me because I don't even have the app anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go I'm not going to name the brand. I'm just going to be agnostic on this one. Yeah. $5 please on Matt Barzal. Ooh, okay. Okay. For the all-around, uh, okay, I like it. Five on Matty Barzal. Very good. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when it happens. We'll I'll see if Scott can turn his yeah. five into, let's, let's put the odds hey, Yeah, I grew up an Islander fan, you know. You know. Turn, yeah. turn your five into 35, uh, yeah. or, or into 30. Uh, he Canelli, is Scott Soshnick. You can Bossy, find him on Trotier, Twitter, at Soshnick. He is just naming names Gillies, at this point. I am Evan Novi Williams. You can find Johnson, me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. Aaron Greenewald produces the show. Thank you very much to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Belton, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub Morrow, Morrow, Olympic gold and Stanley Cup in the same year. Oh, my God. Network.